This is Smart Franchising with FranSmart. In this podcast, you'll learn about business topics, real estate, hiring, and everything you've ever needed to know about franchising. You'll hear from top industry experts like Dan Rowe, FranSmart CEO, and a whole cast of experts in the franchising industry. In today's episode, you'll hear from Dan Rowe, CEO of FranSmart, and also Jessica Ordana, the Director of Real Estate for Papa John's Pizza. Before Jessica started her new position with Papa John's, she worked with FranSmart to create real estate tools for franchisors and franchisees. She's got great insight into how franchisors can manage their real estate programs and how franchisees can search for real estate in their markets. Let's hear it from Dan and Jessica. All right, awesome. So today we're talking about real estate and we're talking about real estate best practices for franchisors and for franchisees. And today I've got Jessica Ordona that's gonna help us understand everything that it takes to be successful with, with, with real estate for a franchisor and a franchisee. So hello, Jessica. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I'm excited to be here and share my, my knowledge with everyone. Um, a little bit about me. I've been in the business about 15 years. And throughout that time, I've really had an opportunity to touch many different points within the industry. So I started as a broker representing tenants and landlords. And then I moved into uh, working with a startup franchise. And so I went in-house for that franchisor for about three years. And then most recently, I had the pleasure of working with Panda Restaurant Group, which is uh, operates Panda Express. And um, I handled their real estate rollout for the East Coast. So with today, we're really just going to have an open conversation. And I'm going to share with you all the different perspectives that um, have come into play over the years through my experiences, uh, both good and bad, right? Because uh, we're all always learning. And, um, you know, and I've seen real estate done really great by franchisors, franchisees, and corporate. And then on the flip side, you also see what can occur when you're not paying attention to the details and when you take shortcuts in the process. So I'm excited to share with you guys. Good. And the good news is Jessica's created a bunch of tools in the FranSmart toolbox for franchisors and franchisees to zero in and pick the most, uh, you know, the most successful real estate. But it's really more of a predictable approach to choosing winning sites. And obviously you learn that uh, at Panda. Panda is a bajillion dollar company with probably every tool known to man about how to pick the right real estate. So um, but in before we start, I mean, so here we're sitting in the middle of October 2020, middle of COVID. What's your take on the market right now? Like, would you be excited? Are you excited for opportunities or what, what's your sense of what's going on? I'm heading to New York right after this. And I mean, I, you know, on the one hand, it's a lot of sadness, but man, it's a good opportunity out there. But what do you think? I think it's a great question and I think it's two, twofold. Like you mentioned, it is a trying time for retailers and restaurants because of all of this stuff that's unfolded with the pandemic and this new habits that people are creating. But at the same time, I think with great uh, challenge and chaos also can create really great openings for people who are willing to, to do the work and to dive deep and to look into the opportunities for their businesses, right? A great um, reference would be conversions. If, you can, if you're looking for a new restaurant concept or you're looking to expand your existing restaurant concept, 
you can really cut back on those startup costs and the build out costs if you can find smart conversions that make sense for you, right? And that helps build your ROI. It in turn also allows you to free up some capital to maybe hire that better operations manager to dump more money into your online platform and to really, you know, assist in engaging and, and gaining um, the foothold for your potential uh, new customers and existing customers. So I think, you know, I'm excited about it. I think if you're looking to expand, now is a great time. You also have landlords that are looking at things in a very different manner, right? Where before maybe uh, landlords were really focused on being the dominant player and, and you were seeing leases and negotiations that were more um, landlord centric. Whereas now landlords, I think fast forward, you know, we've been in this for about eight months. Landlords are finally coming around and they're realizing that they're going to have to give a little on certain deal terms. And they're also going to need to look at their tenants as partners versus, yeah. a, you know, a paycheck. And everybody wants to win and they want to keep their centers energized and um, traffic flowing through. And so they're, they're starting to take a shift and look at things in a different manner in my experience and conversations. I agree. I think right now it's a tenant's market and it's not, it, last year was a landlord's market. Probably next year is going to be a landlord's market. I think right now you have a short window to go make as good a deal as you can, as many of those as you can, because they're not going to be here for long. And I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm constantly surprised. We have franchisees that sign up for five units or 10 units. The idea is that they want to build a business that grows to five or 10 units or 20 units, and they want to sell it for a lot of money and get wealthy, right? And so it requires that your first store is successful and that you're reinvesting any, any free profit into your next store and then reinvesting the profit of those to your next store. You get to the point at some point where those units self-fund. So you stop taking money out of your pocket and you're just reinvesting house money. But it all depends on making sure that the stores are successful and that you're getting good deals. I mean, conversions, like you said, help. I mean, that, that juice is your ROI. But I'm so surprised people make the decision to buy a franchise, invest all this money, and then they shortchange the process. They don't fill out the forms. They don't do the research. You know, once you've signed the lease, you're done. It's not like a mobile home that you can just move if you don't like where you're at. Right. You sign a lease, you're locked in. And so... What's your, I mean, what's some advice that you give franchisees about, gosh, you're, you're making a huge investment with a ton of consequences, both positive and negative. If you make a mistake or if you pick the wrong site because you're being lazy and you're cutting corners, you're done. And so in, any advice that, that, that you'd get to sort of scare straight somebody doing this the right way? Yeah, I think you made a lot of great points and I've seen it time and time again through my experience and then through horror stories that you hear, right? Of someone that signed up to build five units and they only get to unit one because they're so bogged down with this site that's performing mediocrely. And, you know, I go back to the basics. I think people need to realize that when they're choosing to invest in a franchise, one of the first things that you have to do is look for real estate. And that requires time, energy, effort, and focus on evaluating real estate in an effective manner. And that's one of the cool things about the roadmap because I really outline how to do that, right? If you know nothing, you can open this document and start to get some really great insight. I think like anything, it takes time to find the right location and you have to be willing to put in that effort, right? And what does that mean? It means 
looking at the big picture first, you know, we have the great tools these days with technology. We have Google Maps and, you know, you can really look at something from a high level, but then it's going in and diving deeper and looking at the demographics, right? And the co-tenancy of the area and this retail synergy. Important to also look at who's performing and who's not and where you want to put yourself in a place where people are already successful, right? So that you can piggyback off their successes um, and really also learn from them if they're not doing so great. Um, I would say one of the key things too is use the tools that are in front of you. In today's world too, outside of brokers and um, you know, the resources that you're going to gain from them. You also have great things that technology brings to the table, like um, mobile, mass mobile data and geosocial data. So now where before people just told you what the trade area was, now you're really able to see firsthand in real time who's coming to your location, how far are they traveling, what are they spending their money on, do they have a family of four with a dog, or are they single? You know, and you can really start to see where the demand is there. And so I guess to wrap it up, I would say in general, you want to use all those tools and resources, right? And don't sh shortchange yourself. Like anything in life, you have to, if you want to manifest something great, you got to spend the time and energy. And even if it's 30 minutes a day, learning something new and really investing and in learning the tools and then going out on the ground and doing the work yourself. Um, you talked about in the past, and we've seen this happen many times before, where people get super excited about coming into a new market or ex and expanding their brand, but they take shortcuts on the real estate, right? Because maybe they're on a tight timeline and they don't dive deep enough and they only look up what's on the outside and what they can see. That's where a lot of challenges um, occur and where you can really almost hinder yourself from being as successful as you can be. Because I learned this firsthand at Panda. I mean, we've never deviated from the standards. We had standards and we followed them 100% of the time. Yes, there was that 1% for a, a random deal here or there. But when we were really focusing on evaluating real estate, it came down to the fundamentals and we didn't stray from them. So you know, if you're a new franchisee and you're going into a, um, and, and you're going to invest in building a brand in, in your market, go and find out what the other franchisees are doing that works. Understand what also isn't working and learn from them. But again, it takes time and energy and focus to gather all that information, right? It's not a quick, there's not a quick shortcut. There's no, you know, do these three things and then it will work. You have to take the time and spend the time really focusing on, you know, coming to a conclusion based on all the facts and then all the technology and the different information that you have to come to a consensus on should you move forward or not? Is this the right home for you? Is this where you want to commit to building the next 10 or 15, 20 years of your business? And is this business going to, is this location going to set you up for success on units two, three, four, five, 10, 20? Yeah. Uh, you know? And, and, and we shouldn't let franchisors off so e uh, easy either, right? Because with a franchisee, if the franchisor plays their cards right, the long-term value of a franchisee is not just the upfront franchise fees, but like a typical concept that does a million dollars a year and charges a royalty and a marketing fee and some supply line money they're making 80,000 bucks a year on a franchisee, 800 grand over 
10 years. And if that franchisee builds all five stores, they're basically making, you know, millions of dollars on that franchisee, but they won't if that franchisee doesn't get off on a right footing. So uh-huh. like franchisors, I mean, they, you know, give me some examples that you've seen in the past where, you know, on the one hand, Panda, that's how you guys became a multi-billion dollar company is you did it the right way and you were, you were diligent where I, I won't name the name, but the other company that you work for didn't, they sort of left franchisees to flail. And that concept right now is practically out of business. And so, you know, any advice for franchisors about setting up the right processes, procedures, and actually sticking to it. I'm still surprised. I see franchisors that have franchisees opening all the time. And I'm like, how do you guys pick this location? And they all look at each other like, I don't know. We, right. Um, I think that's a great point. Uh, yes, I, I had a lot of experience, you know, being on the ground up of an emerging brand that really had no infrastructure, right? And I think it's so important, just like you're focusing on building your operations manual when you choose to franchise, you should also be um, right alongside that, building a platform for site selection so that when you come, when a new franchisee onboards, and hopefully, you know, you'll have one, two, or three in the first year or two, and then it'll start to ramp up really quickly. And so the idea is that you build this platform that really creates predictability. It creates um, an alignment between the franchisor and the franchisee so that everyone is looking at real estate and the same viewpoint, right? And that's one of the exciting things. And one of the things I put into the roadmap is um, understanding what that is. So as a franchisor, you really need to define on the front end what the attributes of the sites that your you, people should be looking for are and what the process is for that. Um, speaking of process, you know, going back to my learnings at the startup, uh, we didn't really have process around site submittals. We had a PDF form and they filled it out and sometimes half of it was empty or they'd send me three other emails with here's an aerial and here's this demographic. So and here's an article they just wrote up about it. Um, you know, the trade area and how great it is. And what I learned over time by about year two is I would push that stuff back to the franchisee and say, you know, it's really imperative that you dig deep and you answer all of the questions and put together a nice pretty bow on this site package that then you can present. So I wouldn't accept anything that wasn't 100% complete. Um, you create these processes and procedures for a reason. So it's so important as a franchisor that you actually utilize them because the minute you start taking shortcuts, that's how you end up with you know, one or two stores, it starts underperforming and those franchisees then get discouraged because they feel like they don't want to continue to expand or their profitability isn't where they thought it would be. And then also that's a trickle effect, right? With when you're trying to sell franchises. So you really want to, one, utilize the tools that you create and spend time, energy, and money on them. It's not a ton of money out on the front end and effort on the front end to really set yourself up and your brand and your people that are working in house for you up for success. Yeah, it's um, worth it. It's worth absolutely. It. I would also say that you need to create outside of that and, and continuing on with the procedures and the processes that work um, a platform for approval, right? So if someone's, it, once people actually submit that site, how are you evaluating it internally? right? And it's easy, again, to go back to Google Maps, and you can scroll around and look with the little man on the street. But 
going out and boots on the ground and really seeing it firsthand and asking a million questions and also getting other people's input too, you know, on your team. At Panda and well, small, you know, at Panda we had probably 10 people in the room approving sites. And that doesn't, that's not always the case, right, in a smaller organization, but you should come up with a platform that creates a standard. So whether it's the CFOs involved and your top operations guy and maybe, you know, um, other people that are within the organization that are just going to have a different viewpoint because the intention of the site um, evaluation package is that someone who comes in and knows nothing can really look at it and be presented with it and, and get a clear picture and from that, you know, come up with questions or things that they, they see as red flags. And so, you know, one thing I always like to remind myself and, and new people to this industry or people that are always learning, it's, you know, real estate isn't an exact science. It's an art and every site is different. And what you can do is create predictability by actually having processes in place that will help you come to that conclusion. But I'll be the first to say, um, when I was evaluating real estate for Panda, I probably looked at over a thousand sites a year. I dialed those down into maybe 50 that I was thought were A plus, but then sites continue to weed themselves out as you dig deeper into you know, your boots on the ground and talking to other managers and other local business owners, or maybe meeting with a municipality and saying, oh, hey, this you know, center is excellent, but they're building a major roadway across the street, which is going to pre prevent people from accessing in an easy manner moving forward. Got to do so that homework. You got to do the homework. And, you know, another interesting thing that I've been discussing with people right now is daytime population. We used to always say, okay, you know, ideally you want to have as much traffic as possible. So you have your daytime pop, your evening, your weekends. And now what, what does daytime population look like? It's really shifted, right? So you want to, you want to really dive deep into understanding all of that stuff because it is an unpredictable world right now. But, you know, with the right tools and resources, you can still come up with a smart solutions. You just got to get your facts together and you got to go in eyes wide open. All right. So as we wrap up, Jessica, give me one minute of advice for a franchisor about doing real estate right, setting their franchisees up for success and not cutting corners. All right. Well, it starts with a platform for um, the development cycle. And really that should start with the site investigation and it should trickle down through all the phases. There's a lot of things that need to be occurring during the process of seeking real estate, right? And if someone's signing up for multi-unit agreement, you want to ensure that they're constantly looking for real estate and that they're constantly um, continuing to move forward with finding great real estate alongside searching for real estate and then also getting their pipeline in order, right? With the due diligence and bringing on the right architects and really bringing in the experts to help them. I can't tell you how many times people try to take shortcuts with hiring the right kind of real estate attorney to save a couple hundred bucks or, you know, hiring their local friend who's a GC who builds homes that, you know, can potentially build this for $50,000 less. 
it's important to tap into the experts, the people that know what works and are, are, and are going to set your franchisees up for success, right? And the unique thing, and I included this in the roadmap, but I really dumped all of my contacts into there, the best um, brokers across the, the region, the best tools for um, diving into market analysis and mobile data and all of that fun stuff, and then also GCs. And um, so really, I think in, in, in whole, if you spend the time and the resources to build this platform and you follow them, you're going to see great results. And, you know, and you're also gonna have a lot of learnings, but the important part is with each location that opens that you really are learning from it and you're admitting mistakes and seeing where you can improve and trickling that into the process. Any advice for franchisees not cutting corners using the systems and processes? Have at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like you said, use the system and some processes that are around you. Ask questions, ask millions of questions. No question is stupid and learn from the people that are around you, right? Um, another major thing, especially if you're looking at conversions or in general, get on board in the beginning, a good GC or someone that can help you to go in and evaluate opportunities from a build out standpoint, because a lot of times you could be looking at a great piece of real estate, but maybe there's some things that are really going to hinder um, your development. Maybe it's going to cost 500,000 or a million dollars to build a sidewalk outside this space that you had. You want to know that before you sign the lease. You want to know that while you're negotiating, because yeah, that's piece yeah. you can go back to the landlord and say, Hey, I did my due diligence. This yeah. is, this is it, you know, and, and explain to them. One other quick thing I want to say is that also rent commencement. It's huge. People, I see people all the time that pay rent before they open their concept. You should not be doing that ever. Ever. You know? And that comes with, you know, landlords, ideally, they want to tie it to when they, they want to tie your rent commencement to when they turn over the lease. Yeah. You want to go in and you want to back into the build out time using your, the GC that you're bringing in. And then also understanding the permitting process, whether it's through the design manager that you have or you going down the municipality or economic development and understanding the real time. And you back all of that in and have your rents commencement start from receipt of permits plus, you know, whatever that time period is that your GC is going to need to build. Um, that will eliminate a lot of dead cost on the front end. Join us next month when we talk about more of your favorite topics in the franchising industry. Franchising is a business of systems. Follow the system and you'll be successful. Franchising only works when you get wealthy by helping others get wealthy. It really is worth it. That's the Fran Smart way.